And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show with Lance Roberts. Presented by RIA Advisors. And welcome to The Real Investment Show Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, Certified Financial Planner here with Danny Ratliff. Certified financial planner, we hope. You're all getting your week to a great conclusion and ready to enjoy the weekend. So on Saturday, I watched The Three Stooges. Three Stooges is still one of my favorite shows. And it reminded me of you, Danny. This one around. Of me? Yeah, because the guys were selling uh, greeting cards. Okay. And Curly was reading one of his greeting cards, and it says, Greetings, little shut-in. Don't you weep or sigh. If you're not out by Christmas, you'll be out by July. <laughs> so, since you're our little, oh, little shut-in right now, Curly had a little greeting card for you. Hey, I made my first adventure out into the big world yesterday for the first time in 15 days wow and yeah i tell you what i've, I've realized i don't like it <laughs> it is nicer in the house isn't it driving oh, cars. i'm like whoa hey and people have totally lost the ability to drive during the pandemic and have, those habits continue i think we need to have recertification you know, return to work. You got to have your. Some people are making them have their vaccines, so you got to get that done, and you have to recertify to be able to drive. Well, I don't think we're into licenses anymore, so you don't need one. <laughs> um, but hey, uh, so uh, this was a long week. A lot of a lot of stuff happened. It was a W week for me. Like in other words, I wanted to get back into the womb. But um, let's talk about a little bit, um, Danny. When you look at obviously futures are up a little bit today. And, uh, you know, markets just sort of overbought, treading water, futures are up. But I think the most important story is the bond market, don't you? And where I the do. tenure I is. Agree. Because the bond market is telling you something that the crazy stock market kids aren't. Where the narrative is, okay, it's great we've, we've had recovery. Uh, and I understand there's this new Delta variant. Uh, although I can't imagine us shutting down again. I think there would be real problems with that. I can't even imagine that happening, uh, especially in certain states. Uh, but although I see that some, certain cities and states are going back to masks again. Uh, but the point is, before even the Delta variant, if we were going to have this expansionary story to GDP, this real big growth story, this huge trajectory, this Reagan-like move, well, where should the 10-year be as opposed to where it is today? Because the bond market is a great indicator of economic activity. It's like putting a pot of cold water on, a, on, your, on your range and you put the gas on and it bubbles, right? The water eventually bubbles up. The, the more bubbles, the higher the yields. There's not a lot of bubbling that seems to be going on after this. Um, we come out of this move here, right, where everybody is excited to be out, get everything done, travel quite a bit. 
But we are also seeing some uh, strong indicators, um, and at least I see in housing, when you look at the online reviews. You know, people look buy houses. You never thought I'd see it, but people buy cars online. Not that they buy houses online, but they do a lot of research. And if you that research on online for homes to examine, you know, go through through listings peaked around mid-April because you're pricing a lot of people out. So what do you think the bond market is, is, is telling us, Danny? You know, it's been interesting. It's almost like that that boiling pot of water the economy is, and it gets so hot that the water begins to dissipate over time because mm-hmm. it's just left on. And I think that may be what's kind of given an indication is that, you know, we've, we've all been cooped up for the last year. Everybody's getting back out. Uh, you know, which was expected, right? I mean, we knew that there was going to be this inflationary push. We see, we're seeing supply chain logistics get better already. Look at the price of lumber, for instance. Danny, we talked um, about seeing, this, right? You and I talked yeah. about this during the pandemic that we were concerned about inflationary pressures. And obviously right. that's where we are right now. And some CEOs oh. are saying what? That it, some form of it is going to be more structural. It's going to be permanent. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So I think that we're battling a, a lot of different things here, but the, the bond market certainly telling you something way different. I mean, we're at 1.325 on the 10-year. Um, that is That doesn't suggest that this is going to be long-term. And that's that's troublesome. That doesn't mean that we can't see these rates go higher. I think they will. Inevitably, they're going to have to. I mean, the Fed's going to have to make some changes here in the future. Uh, we've already hearing from Fed minutes that they're looking more. The economy's in focus. Um, but, you know, Watching earnings right now has been fairly interesting, too, as we see kind of the market kind of treading water to some extent. I mean, look at financials. Financials is usually a pretty good indicator of where things will be going. J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs reported this week. Um, you know, we've held two, both of those in the portfolio. Those are positions that you would have thought with the earnings and the beat that they had, you'd have seen a lot better upside, mm-hmm. yet we didn't. And, and so I think those are all kind of tied together to some extent. Yeah. To your point, the water is going to be almost gone and the euphoria is going to burn away. And the bond market's saying, you're going right back into the muck, everybody. You're going right back into a 1.82% GDP economy, especially in the face of possibly higher taxes and regs. And uh, the bond market just tends to be a decent predictor of economic growth. Now, again, I understand there's we've got some other forces involved in the bond market whether it's outside purchases foreign purchases of our treasuries right the feds out there doing their thing but for the most part you should be seeing more pressure on yields and then powell came out the other day and he doesn't seem like he's ready to move on tapering which doesn't absolutely doesn't make any sense because if this economy is allegedly gangbusters why aren't you letting this stuff go why are you continuing these programs um, that, hey, this is, it, that, that's really an interesting point, Rich, because this is a Janet Yellen 2.0. I mean, you remember back in the, in the mm-hmm. mid-2000s when there was a lot of opportunity to raise rates, and they didn't. Um, and, and then we got stuck trying to raise them at an inopportune time, which is very likely to happen here. A- absolutely. Um, or they're not going to raise them quick enough, or if they raise them too quick. Listen, the Fed's in this precarious situation because every – or most investors are addicted to the stimulus. So we already, everybody knows what's going to happen to the market if the Fed moves too quickly. Heck, even if the Fed talks about 
marginally moving out of their corner, the, the stock market scares them right back into it. Um, so which means higher valuations, more distortion, which means emotionally, Danny, don't you think as an investor, you really have to, I mean, if we're terrible emotionally when it comes to investing, I, I can't even, the raging fire in people's emotions today with the greed that's going on. Maybe we talk a little bit about that. We want to talk about also uh, child tax credits, the new tax credits, and what tax credits are. Does anybody know compared to a tax deduction? When we return here on The Real Investment Show, Financial Fitness Friday, everybody. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. to The Real Investment Show. Declare your financial independence. Our next Candid Coffee can liberate you from the stale rules touted by mainstream financial media. Know the enemies of your wealth and fight them on your terms. We'll arm you with the information you need at our next Candid Coffee with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff. Saturday, July 24th. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. The Financial Independence Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. This is an interesting radio fodder, but somebody did ask on YouTube. So last Friday, I got hit in the rear. That's not a rap song. Um, my... I am 100%. If I'm the, I'm the guy that hits the lottery 100% of the time, every car I have owned in this city since 1998, every one of them has been hit in the rear while I'm at a red light. Every one. I am at 100%. Wow. There was a time I got a, drove a new car off the showroom on a Monday, and mm -hmm. on a Wednesday, somebody rammed me, and the car was salvaged on Thursday. So my run of luck is every time I've been hit for the last three or four uh -huh. incidents, uninsured motorists. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's happened to me half the time. So, mm -hmm. but so I, thankfully Lance was able to fill in. Yeah. I was on the phone like two minutes after the accident with Brent. Brent, <laughs> what do I do? Get the show tomorrow. Uh, can I call in? You know, all kind of stuff. Now, a couple interesting points before we talk about boring credits Interestingly enough, Danny, listen to this. Japan's government pension investment fund, that's the world's largest, 1.6 trillion under management, is abandoning, if you can imagine, trendy ESG investing. Um, according to Japan, the strategy was a loser, and we can't sacrifice returns for the sake of buying environmental names. I'm about... At least somebody said it. Remember, Danny, when we talked about watch your marketing schemes? What exactly 
is ESG investing. Go look at an ESG fund and ETF and see what's in there and go, how is that fit? Right? If you want a product, Wall Street will create it. But Japan is smart enough with one of the largest pension funds to say, we are done. So I just thought that was an interesting point that they're not into the political foray and actually looking at performance for their um, pensioners. So well, I don't think it's just performance either, but if you look under the hood, uh-huh. many times those investments are very similar to their non-ESG, you know, uh, As Lance wrote, funds. right? Lance wrote a great piece on this, except the expenses can be two or three times higher. That's right. So when Larry Fink from BlackRock looks like some sort of environmental savior, you really got to think twice. Danny and I have talked about this numerous times on the show. Second is, um, I'm really excited about our July 24th um, our program because, right, this is going to be our financial independence tips, right? Uh, I sent you the deck, Danny. Hope you like it. But it's got all our sort of our rules and ideas. I mean, pretty basic stuff, the foundation of wealth, what you need to do. And if you're doing these things, we're going to say, hey, pat yourself on the back. But maybe you want to share this information with your children, your grandchildren, anybody who's willing to listen about, hey, I know these rules are not easy, especially in the times of euphoria and greed, but rules on how to buy a house, you know, rules on how much debt you should hold, you know, the basic tenets of building wealth. We wanted to make sure that we cut through all the, the junk in mainstream financial media and give you what most people who weren't wealthy and are now, or at least financially secure, what do they do? And, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, this, is not a, this is not rocket science, this, this presentation, Danny. It's just a lot of great information, concrete, quick, about what you need to do. So I'm real excited about this uh, July 24th. Yeah, I think it's getting back to the basics, and that's the important aspect of this. And, you know, we it's so easy to get caught up in all the uh, the mania of the media as far as what they're pushing and the latest, greatest thing. And, you know, we talked about even last week or, or Wednesday, Lance and I talked a little bit about, you know, people going out close to retirement and investing in cryptocurrency. We're seeing more and more speculation out there in different areas and asset classes that historically we wouldn't. And I think so many times we forget to just come back to the basics and say, OK, where am I? What am I doing? What types of habits, behaviors do we have in place that are going to ensure that that long retirement and successful one. You know, the craze, you know, whatever it's an NFT or a SPAC or uh, a meme stock, those people that think that they're going to get rich quick or play catch up in these, in, in these types of uh, vehicles, most of the time get burned. <clears throat> it, I mean, we've seen it over how many decades? It's not different this time. It is okay <clears throat> to speculate for some of your money. That's fine with rules and with boundaries. Matter of fact, in this July 24th presentation, we'll talk about, listen, some of your best investments are outside of stocks and bonds. Uh, How do you do it? What do you look at? So we want to make sure that, uh, you know, in this time of everybody in the clouds, you're back on the ground. And if you're getting questions from your children and your grandchildren about all this kinds of stuff that you hear, that we cut through the clutter and say, before you even worry about the investment or the cherry on the cake, 
Let's worry about the mix that goes into the cake before you put the cherry on it. Everybody wants the cherry first. Everybody wants the frosting first. Not, I understand that. But you got to look at the basis of what you're putting you know, in the pan before you even worry about it because you could be baking a dud. So we got to make sure that you got the right ingredients. So July 24th, what time is it? Nine o'clock? <clears throat> uh, I believe it's eight. Is it eight? Oh, goodness. It's an eight o'clock. All right. Candid not, coffees are at 8, 8 a.m. That's right. Our candid coffees are at 8 before you start your day. I don't know why I'm looking because we're up at 3.30, 4 o'clock anyway. Um, all right. So <clears throat> now we've got tax credits. More tax credits. Makes me want to have children. Not really. Um, I've got enough. So although why isn't these tax credits for our furry children? The furry children tax credits. Do you see how much it is to go to the vet? Oh, my gosh. I mean, <clears throat> but this child tax credit has been there. This is not new. But keep in mind, a tax credit is not a tax deduction. There's nothing wrong with a tax deduction, which can help reduce your overall burden. A tax credit is a direct dollar-for-dollar dollar offset against your tax liability. It's very powerful. Or they're what we call refundable tax credits where you didn't even pay taxes and you're getting money. Okay. That's why this one's so much more impactful, Rich, than your historic credit or, you know, obviously the deduction because you are getting that refund aspect to it where, or, you know, rebatable where you're not even actually having to pay anything. Well, you could actually make money off of this. Well, you can, but you got to be careful. This, this, This is an interesting tax credit because it phases out at very high levels of income. Um, so for this year, what the Biden administration did was boost this. It's usually what two thousand per child. Correct. Now Typically it's thirty thousand per child. So now, now it's, it's going up to three thousand. If you have children under six, it's thirty six hundred. Thirty six hundred for the rest of the year. Now some people are getting some of this credit in prepayment. They probably have already gotten it, right? So keep in mind, <clears throat> you know, you go to you know check your bank account. Whoa, what's that? Um, now. For some lower-income families that were definitely hurt during the pandemic, this is very helpful. <clears throat> it's helped them to make sure that there's some money coming in if they have certain recurring bills. <clears throat> For others, it might be more of a tax time bomb because they're going off your 2019 or 2020 taxes. And depending on what your tax bracket is uh, when you file, right, or you go forward, you might owe money back. So there's about a million taxpayers that have rejected the prepayment because it could either offset, it could increase their tax bill depending on how much they get, or it could actually um, reduce their refund. So some people saying, I don't want it. So let's talk about this first phase of it, this mania, well, not the mania part, but the boost to it um, that we're seeing over till the rest of the year. What, what is that? Well, so on July 15th, they started to actually issue payments. They're doing this in a monthly kind of stipend uh, way. And so it's actually going to be half of what that credit would typically be. And then at the end of the year, they're assuming that they're going to make this more permanent, give you the rest of it because we are starting here in July. Um, this is a big deal. And I think this is one of those things that's going to be very difficult to actually bring back because once you start giving people money, especially you start thinking about people with small children, lots mm-hmm. of children, you're going to see a couple things happen. One, cost of care is going to begin to increase over time. So this is going to be 
where you see that kind of helicopter money that does create inflation. This is going to create some inflation, I think, around child care, some of those aspects. But you're lifting yeah. a lot of people above the poverty line. Yeah. And but what happens over time, that poverty line is going to begin to increase because everybody's getting these these types of funds. So right. there are actually 35 million families that are estimated to get this child tax credit. And you really need to be cautious and understand what those income limitations are, because you could end up, if you make too much money this year, actually having to pay those back here in the, ne- in the next year when you file your taxes. It's amazing only Which, be- <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, to your point, Danny, um, <clears throat> you got to look at the repercussions of this. Um, obviously, child credit, I mean, child daycare. I mean, you know this. I mean, before Michelle was, I mean, this is, this stuff's expensive. I mean, I see people yeah, spending, you know, $1,500 a month. You, you know, how many calculations have we run for working families to say, I don't know if it's worth it for one spouse to work, depending on how much they make versus uh, child ca- uh, you know, child uh, care uh, away from the home. So, but what's interesting to me about this credit is where it phases out. Because you go to zero at four hundred and forty thousand for married couples, I mean that's a pretty high threshold. Two hundred and forty thousand for unmarried taxpayers, so you won't get the full credit. It phases out it's like fifty bucks for every thousand dollars above threshold. But we want to talk about, you know, I think Danny, you're going down this different road of what kind of behavior, what what happens with tax credits uh, overall, and. Um, what you need to consider with this one. We're going to continue this conversation about the, the prepayments when we get back here on Financial Fitness Friday, The Real Investment Show. We'll be right back. listening to The Real Investment Show. Declare your financial independence. Our next candid coffee can liberate you from the stale rules touted by mainstream financial media. Know the enemies of your wealth and fight them on your terms. We'll arm you with the information you need at our next candid coffee with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff. Saturday, July 24th. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. The Financial Independence Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. A modern day warrior, mean, mean, try. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean, try. You know, listening to the uh, promos, did Lance's dad really say nut up or shut up or nut up and do it? or All of the above. Well, no wonder I can understand his bedside manner now, where it comes from. Like, he'll pull your plug before you're even eligible for your plug to be pulled. He said, I brought you into the world, and I can take you out. And your music for the July, the the financial independence? Yeah. I envisioned Clint Eastwood at high noon, his boots grinding into the ground, Mm -hmm. walking down Main Street, and all these eyes on him. Yeah. Before he pulls the gun. It's the whole idea. That's very cool. The good, the bad. The financial independence. <laughs> All right. So, Lance brought up a very good point about 
<clears throat> one part of this earned this this child tax credit. Um, what are the reasons? Is it political? Uh, is it a by votes? Is it a uh, and again, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm just spitballing. It does it solve obviously our 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 terrible demographic problem, right? We're having a baby dearth, and we need more babies, more kids, you know, more population growth, right, for economic growth. Um, or is it a way to reach or lift people, uh, families out of poverty? Is it a little bit of all three? Um, it's it's tough to say, only because the thresholds are so high on these tax credits um, as far as the phase-outs. You know, generally tax credits are for, you know, lower income, lower middle income, and this one breaches those, ga- those, those, those heights. And you just try to figure out why. But this prepayment uh, that's coming in monthly installments, uh, for some people it could be really, uh, it could be a tax surprise um, if, depending on where their income is, going to be because we're using numbers from 2019, 2020. And again, I think some more savvy taxpayers who know where their incomes are say, hey, I, I opt out. And you can go to IRS and opt out of the prepayment. Well, Rich, we actually just had a really good point on YouTube. So yeah. uh, Marcus said, any reason not to take the credit? I just received my first payment yesterday and threw it in savings until I file taxes again. Half a percent APR is better than letting it sit in the government. And that's absolutely right. If you're that financially disciplined, yes, absolutely. But you're the exception, right? I agree with that. But I would take the money and I I wouldn't spend it. But, you know, obviously lower income families are not going to have to worry probably about this issue. The higher wage earners, what this was just said on YouTube is very smart, financially savvy, where, hey, I don't know. I don't want to have to pay this back or whatever. So I'm just going to put it in a savings account, online savings account, half a percent, Ally, Marcus, uh, as opposed to get, you know letting the government have the money. So I understand that point uh, completely. Yeah, I think that's a smart strategy. If you can do it, you're diligent enough to do so. Um, you know, good job. Yeah. The problem is most people are not. Most people are not. Yeah. So... But again, don't see anything wrong with that process. So again, yeah, generally the credit is uh, two thousand per child, right? Uh, now it's thirty six hundred, depending on the age of the children. Listen, this is not an easy tax credit because it depends on the age of the kids. Then it phases out. Then it's a prepayment, and what are my taxes going to be? So I will tell you, it's a fairly complicated issue. What I would say for most higher income earners is if you are getting it, <clears throat> don't spend it or realize that you might owe the money back uh, down the road. That's just something for you to keep in mind. Anything else you want to say on this? No, I think it's a great point. I mean, I think we kind of hit the nail on the head on this one. I mean, there, there are lots of moving parts. Lots more people have been included. Yeah. You know, the, the numbers have gone up. If you've got that surprise in your bank account, congrats. Be smart. Understand where you where your limitations are from an income perspective, and put that money aside. Be like Marcus. Be like, you know, that's, yeah, that's great. Right. I mean, do that. I mean, I keep checking my bank account just to see maybe I have kids somewhere I don't know about, <laughs> and I got money in my account, but nothing, nothing. You know, speaking speaking of kids and money, you know, we're always trying to teach our little ones um, good money habits yes. and things of that yes. nature. And obviously, with 
with what's happened with my knee, everything's kind of been put on the back burner from a travel perspective and you know, all, all the fun stuff with kids. So Michelle, my wife, decided she's going to take him to the movies and go to the arcades. And oh. she is really, really good about actually um, you know, trying to help define what money is, how you spend it, how you earn it. And we, we have these household conversations frequently. So she gives them all you know, quarters, and they all have their own that they earn. And so she can then go to the arcade machines. Well, guess what? You can't even find an arcade anymore that'll allow you to put coins in. You have to buy a card. And so they have no they have no idea because mine are still so young. They say, Mom, Mom, fill up the card, give me the card. And then they're out of they don't understand the perspective That's, of they're all just arithmetic. Exactly. And so understand, hey, you have twenty credits. This one cost you four. Put it in perspective where it's a little bit more tangible when you actually hold on to that physical <clears throat> currency. It is. I mean, it even started when Haley was little when you would go to use the arcade and you needed a card. And if all money is a card, and we understand most currency is is a a keystroke, right? But when it comes to kids, the, the actual money itself, when we were little, maybe even when you were little, Danny, you would be able to go to like a dollar store and they would, you would be able to buy fake money, like, you know, fake plastic coins and the dollars, and all that and we started that with cigarettes and yeah fake cigarettes cigars bubble cigars i bet lance was smoking those bubble cigars going nut up or get out um so you know what is what is a bubblegum cigar but um you're like a little mobster so um my gosh no wonder the kids moved i'm buying him a zoot suit yeah you're gonna have to He reminds me, I'm reading, I'm reading this article about the mob by Russell Shorto, who is a great writer. And one of the characters in it is reminding me of Lance already. Um, so, um, so keep this in mind that it is, I know we, we went into this child and money thing, but it is really much more of a challenge. Even with all the apps and everything that's out there to help teach kids to be better, more financially literate, to actually handle the coins at a certain age, uh, handling the dollars is um, it, it just makes it more intimate. Um, I, I think so. So I understand. So what happened when they get the card? So now they have no semblance of it. So how did Michelle have to say, well, this is what this represents or what was the what was the kind of conversation you had to have? Well, with the that's the, trou- the troublesome part, right? I mean, you have to go to each machine and they're all different as far yeah. as what, how many credits they are. So trying to have that conversation with three small children, you know, eight, six, and four, well, actually five. We had one turn five yesterday. Um, That's right. That, that becomes a difficult aspect. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I'd love to hear what other people do and how you work with your kids and money or grandkids and money. You're on our YouTube channel. Go to the comments. I'd love to see what you guys do. Because this is a this is one of the things that I'm not going to say we struggle with, but it's it's a different type of conversation that I think what it used to be because it has become you know it's still very intimate but it's not as intimate in the sense that you know you can have that the physical dollars or coins in your pocket and actually go out and spend them the way you used to for small children yes what kind of video games they just kill any zombies hopefully they kill some zombies That'd be cool. They need to kill zombies yeah those those some of those arcade games are awesome there was one time I took Haley to the movies and I said, I'm just going to, you all, re- you go watch the movie. I'm going to continue playing this, man, because I'm having a lot of fun taking the heads <laughs> off these zombies. So uh, we're going to go ahead and do that. So I can't even imagine what the video, I haven't seen video games or, uh, you know, arcade games in a movie theater now, but I'm, I can imagine the visuals on these things are <clears throat> so realistic now. 
Yeah, I wasn't there. I have no idea what what that even looks like. I haven't seen an arcade in in decades, but you know, this, um, this, I can imagine it came a long, long yeah, way. Yeah, this is part of a paradigm shift that that we're observing, where you know the kids have to play arcade games with money cards. Yeah, I was at a restaurant last night that does not accept cash. Uh, more and more restaurants. No cash. No you, cash. You had to order on an app, and you had to download the app from your little table. So and did then, you have the key on? Did you have like an iPad no, on the key? Oh, no, you, just you order have from to your use your, your smartphone, and you had to pay for it through the app. Otherwise, well, but think about this, and this is another conversation. But mm -hmm. talk about how we don't maybe need to hire as many people. Well, there was only two people working in the entire restaurant. But if I'm doing all this, yeah, and I don't maybe have to, and I can maybe whatever my tip is going to be. But for the most part, if I can order everything mm -hmm. off a phone. Especially like at a you know mid price, lower price restaurant. Why? Why? You know, I mean, in a higher end restaurant, you like the service, you like the conversing with the staff, but there's going to be like a higher skill level for service workers. Service workers are going to have to have an EQ or an emotional quotient that they didn't have before to get into working at like a Perry's or Gatsby's or any one of your fancy restaurants to be able to converse and provide a level of service that those skills that they're going to learn will teach them very well for skills they're going to need in the future. But on the lower and middle side of things like, hey, I'm going to Olive Garden or I'm going wherever it is. And these are great. I'm not, I have nothing against Olive Garden. I love Olive Garden. But I'm saying is you may not need the wait staff. If I can just order off an app, pay, I don't have to wait for the check and think about the staff, right? Danny, I don't have to worry about waiting for the check. I can get out of there when I want. I mean, it seems like that's such an incredible wave of the future. And that was already started before the pandemic. But that seems like something that will continue, don't you think? Well, and that, that's interesting, Rich, because prior to the pandemic, we started to see more and more people being, you know, if you'd go to a table and they'd have an iPad there that you could actually order on, um, you could you could pay your bill on it. And now we're seeing that big shift to the QR codes where people go up and they, with their smartphone, you know, we've talked about that, like yeah. how we could even use a QR code with, you know, on a business card or different that's ways right. like that. That's right. And when we get back, hey, we're going to, we got to, we got to cut Danny off, but we'll be right back. We're going to talk about this and also retirees home equity. Do they use it for income, for retirement? Real Investment Show. Stay tuned for the next segment. And the last. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Declare your financial independence. Our next candid coffee can liberate you from the stale rules touted by mainstream financial media. Know the enemies of your wealth and fight them on your terms. We'll arm you with the information you need at our next candid coffee with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff. Saturday, July 24th. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. The Financial Independence Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso. Realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Listen, you nut up or you don't listen to the show next week. <laughs> I'm trying to... 
Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do like a, I'm gonna do a screenplay called Lance Roberts' Dad. Nut up or shut up. Nut up or shut up. That's gonna be the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all heart. Um. So. Uh, Brent brought this up, which is a good point. There are a lot of older individuals that are frustrated by this whole ordering off the iPhone or the kiosk because we still have a, you know, part of the population that they're just, they're not only tech, they're not tech savvy. They're like, <clears throat> they're tech pioneers. They don't even go near it, right? They don't the even... Tech agnostic. Yeah, they're, they're right. I mean, they couldn't even find the button on the life alert. I mean, they don't like technology in any form. Like, uh, what's that flip phone they make for... Um, the Razor. No, for older Americans, it's oh, called the, the, the uh, cricket or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, frog, something. I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, that's where it, it is. You know, maybe an issue, uh, but for most part, I could see more businesses going this electronic uh, route, um, and it saves them. And some of that, they just can't find the workers. What are you going to do if I can't find the people uh, to work? Uh, I've got to depend on technology. That's why all this silliness about technology not gonna, going away and people not using it and companies, you know, we got to have to hire. Nah, I mean, I mean, I've listened to multiple conference calls, read transcripts from, listen to CFOs say, the first thing they're going to do is hire, they're going to have more tech. They're not going to hire more people. They're going to work with what they have. When I went to Miami, interestingly enough, you only get housekeeping every other day. And I read in the policy that you're going to have to like opt in to housekeeping. In other words, if you don't opt in, you don't opt out. You're going to have to actively opt in to housekeeping. And we were in a suite and it was still every two days. So we're all, I, I don't think this is temporary. I think this is a permanent change to help boost margins and, uh, you know, if the, if the financial crisis didn't show you that you can do without workers, and I'm talking about for large companies, like for, for companies like us, right, Danny? My gosh, what will we do without in, these incredible people we work with, right? We have to make sure that they're paid well. We give them benefits. Uh, they have a retirement plan, not just because we know it's right as partners, but my gosh, it, well, our business would fall apart without the, the great people we have uh, on our right. team. But in a large company... Uh, at my former employer, they told me, you know, employees are liabilities uh, and technology will continue to take over. So, and that's just not, it's most larger employers. They're going to find a way to do more with less bodies and tech is the way to go. So you better teach Nana how to use the smartphone. I can't imagine my great, my Italian grandmother, my great grandmother with what the heck am I going to do with this? I can't stir the sauce with it. Some of the things my mother mm-hmm. posts oh, on uh, accident. Oh, you know what? But yeah. things your mother posts is yeah. probably pretty funny, too. Now, there's an there's article. An, right, yeah. yeah. Things your parents post, mm-hmm. even on your Facebook. Yes. Mom. <laughs> Danny's like looking at that. I, I get this. Like mom-in-law's posting stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it's like giving uh, your parents, I guess, oh my gosh, what are they going to write? What are they going to say? Because sometimes I'll, every time. Yeah, because sometimes I'll see in the up. Facebook comments, mom, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. so. <laughs> so. So my dad, both my parents are 92, right? Yeah. 
And it, mom is into the iPhone and she oh, does she is? All, Yeah. Dad, no internet. No. No internet. No internet. Does he have a CB radio? N- not even that. Okay. I think the AM radio in his truck might work. <laughs> but mom's text But mom's on the iPhone, yeah. And she's posting? Yes. But that's the scary part. <laughs> Do you have any one funny post you want to share with us? Not right oh, now. Uh, okay. <laughs> My baby boy, Brent. Going to plead the fifth on her behalf. Uh, okay, good. Well, that's good. Now, one of the things we always try to do is help you create a retirement income paycheck. And it's not as simple as you think. Because usually you'll say, okay, just take withdrawals out of your IRA and it's fine. Well, what about taxes? What about Social Security? What about charges of taxation on Medicare? Well, what about the single most important element of most families' wealth is their home, right? So when you look at Home equity conversion mortgages, right, Danny? So, in other words, I'm going from this study from um, one of my favorite uh, blogs, the Squared Away blog. And um, Kimberly Blanton has been writing about this, you know, that housing wealth, that people sitting on housing wealth, there are many seniors that pay off their home. Older Americans, they want to pay off their home, but they have no cash. And they want to age in place, which is still the most important thing. Right? We talk about this on our right lane classes, and those are going to be starting up again in the fall. There are about, there's about $8 trillion of, of, wor- of wealth locked up in older people's homes. But you know what, Danny? From the study that Kimberly's writing about, many of them are hesitant to pull the equity out of their home in a home equity conversion mortgage, Right? The most savvy of them do, I guess it's like who uses tech and who doesn't because of the, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to get kicked out of my house, right? And all this other stuff when it comes to reverse mortgage. But in in fact, when you look at the number of older Americans who sell in retirement their homes, it's very rare. It might be one time maybe to move to a, to a, a facility, but for the most part, aging in place is what most people want to do. Three out of four older workers don't move out of their current home when they retire, uh, but they stay put. But why do you think, and we talk about this all the time, right? Maybe it's financial literacy, but using a home equity conversion mortgage as part of your retirement income plan could be a very important part of it. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean... So what you have to keep in mind, some parents want to leave their home to their kids. They have to leave their home. I saw a comic, I saw it the other day, uh, and it was funny because there was an elderly dad with his son, and the garage door was open, and it was stacked to the brim in boxes, and the dad turns to the son and goes, someday this will all be yours. (laughs) And the son's like looking up in the air like, oh my gosh. Most of your children do not want your house. Or your crap. Or your junk. I am sure Haley's going to take all my G.I. Joes with the Kung Fu grips and put them on eBay. I'm sure of it. There's no way she's going to keep all that stuff. It's just a matter of reality, right? She doesn't want it. So, 
when you have this reverse mortgage, and again, they're not what they used to be if used properly. They can be used to create an overall complementary income stream, tax-free, interest-free, as long as you stay in the house, for as long as you live or as long as you and a spouse live. I am not saying it isn't a full solution. What I'm saying is it could be part of your overall retirement income plan since so much wealth is locked into a family home. Some people are hesitant to sell it, Danny, because they say, well, what if I sell it and then I got to move to a facility? I have to pay the loan back. Yeah, you do. But if you look at the stats, most would rather stay at home. And this is where technology helps. I have I don't know how many older clients you have that are aging in place and they use their smartphones. They have food delivered, right? They have groceries delivered. If they need to go somewhere, they're not driving, but they have Uber. You know, in some ways that technology has really helped them to age in place in a time where they couldn't before. They're not isolated. They're more social. They love their communities. Um, And these are people, if they needed the money, could be very well set up for a home equity conversion mortgage. People have a lot of uh, misgivings and a lot of misinformation. And that's why even the government put in place, you have to take this educational course before you even do this, which is very important. Hey, listen, if you can squeeze every dime out of where most of your wealth sits and not have to pay it back and know your spouse wouldn't, and they can stay in their home forever and your kids don't want your house, maybe it's good to have that conversation because I also notice a lot of but what a lot of parents do is they assume their children want their house and their stuff without having a conversation. Well, the other issue is that they don't ever have that conversation that they really would like to age in place. And you get cognitive issues, other things that come up, and then the, you're left with what the kids assume that you want done. Mm-hmm. And that may not be what you really were intending, right? The aging right. in place, maybe they t- take you to a facility. They get rid of all of your things. I mean, that's where uh, you know communication sooner is much better. Just like the, I understand it's one of those deals that nobody likes to discuss, right? Like kind of like the will, the estate plan, right? Uh, life insurance, but it needs to be done sooner rather than later. So you, everybody understands your intentions. Also, um, so you have the ability to actually utilize some of these resources, right? If you don't have a power of attorney set up, and you want to go out and get a home equity conversion mortgage, and you have cognitive issues. It's going to be very difficult to do. It is. It is. Um, But you bring up a really good point, though. If I can't afford long-term care and I would like custodial care in my home, what's better than using a home equity conversion mortgage for such a life event? Very well could be. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for our show today. Hope you all have a good weekend. Again, July 24th, go to Real Investment Advice. Sign up. Financial independence is what we're all about. Love you guys. Thanks for participating on YouTube. We'll see you soon. Lance on Monday. Bye. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet. Sign up for the Real Investment Report now at realinvestmentadvice.com. It's a rich man's world.